The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsitnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Hello, everybody. Carnival of Randomness again, and we're in my castle with my flying monkeys. I'm in my splendid isolation, and my dog's getting sick of hearing about the philosophy of Soren Kierkegaard, and I'm getting tired of watching The Adventures of Superman. I can't think of anything to say. So, luckily, the trail of breadcrumbs leads some interesting guests to my door. So, luckily, somebody's come to visit me in my wickedness. So, hi, Stephanie. Hi, Robert. Thank <laughs> you, you say, for having can me. Can you say a little about yourself, my well, pretty? <laughs> Oh, of course, Rob, of course. The prettiest. <laughs> the prettiest in the castle of flying monkeys. Um, so thank you so much for having your dog me. Too. <laughs> um, I'm a freelance artist. I'm an illustrator and an instructor. I own Black Rose Studios. Um and I'm looking to expand the business into teaching at hospitals, community centers, uh senior centers and I'm also creating a comic called Black Rose, which I named my business after. That's pretty cool. Good tie-ins and everything. But the thing is also, too, you're all over the map and doing things. And it's nice to have people on who basically my idea of doing anything now is getting up. Okay, does the dog have to go out? Mm -hmm. Shall we get takeout? I... Everything on. So one of the things you've started doing, though, is I know you've been into cooking a lot. Yes, definitely. And I know this probably cut it off a little bit. You were doing sort of a catering business. A little bit, yeah. But unfortunately, I <laughs> didn't have the proper credentials, so I kind of but cut that off. how did you get off. interested in that? Was this something you've learned by yourself at home that... Well, I started... Um, my interest honestly started with the Food Network. I absolutely love watching Iron Chef. Um, good Eats, and just, it blossomed, and actually I got accepted to the Culinary Institute of America, but I decided to hold off on that um, to pursue my art business, but, you know, one day I, I might go back. I had heard when I worked at Mr. G's, one of the cooks there, he got into the one, I think it was in Hyde Park, the one around there, yep, that and one. what he said, his one of his relatives said, the one thing you have to do was to do it on a cruise ship sometime, whereas I thought, that's like a plague ship. I've always heard so many people who got sick. But he said, do a residency, and I know he got accepted, and he went, and I lost touch with him. But I think he's. I think I saw him one time on Facebook, and I sent a message just to say, hi, how are you doing, and that he's actually a chef somewhere. That is so cool. But oh, you, wow. missed, you missed two fat ladies, though, on Food Network. It's one of my... Google it sometimes. It's one of the funniest shows. Two fat ladies? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a God. British show. It's just... They are the most... Like, somebody one time, they bought bacon sandwiches, 
and they asked the person selling them, how are they? And she said, I'm a vegetarian. They jumped back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, those poor but people. But Iron Chef, we used to do a drinking thing, like with Sakai or somebody. Or... I love Sakai. He was my favorite, though. Sakai was Sakai. always my favorite. They never picked him enough, I, I would think. I don't think so, either. My favorite was... um. I had the biggest crush on Masaharu Morimoto. Oh, Morimoto. I still have a crush on him. One of the things that got me, too, was the giant peaches in Japan. Giant peaches? There's one episode where they do peaches, and I guess peaches, like if you go in Japan, they're very expensive. Oh, okay, yeah. But there's ones that are the size of basketballs. They worked with, oh my if you could God. find the episode. Yeah, I'll have to look for it now. And I, I guess they see... grow up in the mountains. And, you know, it's how different. It's like, for example, somebody when I was working at bars was here from Missouri, and he was saying being up here... We don't get apples down there, but the steaks are incredible. It's like really? where you live in the country. Uh, yeah. I I mean, I've always heard steaks from, you know, obviously the more um, grass-fed and natural, you know, livestock you have, the better the product is going to be. But I know one of the things you did with Shepherd's Pie a lot. That's one and of my favorites. How did you, did you have a particular style that you liked? Did you just jump all over the map? So I actually got the recipe from Good Eats. It was actually an ep an episode based on the movie Sweeney Todd, which was, which <laughs> oh, was that's hilarious. Yes, people will get that. Just don't explain it to them. I, if you know the show, you know exactly what's going on. But they did it in such a light and fun way. And I got the recipe from there. But over time, I looked at different shepherd's pie recipes and um, kind of tailored it. Um, to, that would actually be for Halloween parties perfect. It would be perfect. But I also had to get rid of the... Uh, peas and corn because my dad hates peas and corn as do I. I don't like peas and corn so no, no, none of those I actually have one friend who's allergic to corn Really? Yeah. I've never heard of anyone who's allergic to corn. Well that's actually an interesting thing you don't think about that if you, you're a chef or you cook and you actually don't like something and somebody orders it you have to sort of like bite the bullet and just take it. It's like ugh like I hate, I personally one of my least favorite foods, and this is very controversial. I hate peanut butter. So it's like if someone ever wants peanut butter cookies, I'm like, you are not the only one. There's a lot of people it's, who I, don't like I've it. I've met a few, and I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised. Well, the common if you ever want to like get somebody who goes off on you about peanut butter, say, do you like rat turds? Because one of my friends said this to someone, somebody he knew, that he said, well, you know, rat turds fall on it when they're making it. Ew. <laughs> I mean, in some places, I'm sure, I won't order from them. Actually, I just won't order. I don't care if you have the cleanest peanut butter in the world. I don't want it. No, and I have, like, one one of my good friends for years. He's not allergic. He just doesn't like chocolate. Does not like the taste. I know someone like that, too. Because otherwise, you're a chocolate allergy. What is it like? Is it the chocolate you're allergic to? He just to doesn't. Dairy I have or? no idea, but he just does not like the taste. Interesting. Because there are a lot of different kinds of chocolate. And, you know, um, I've actually... I actually learned that um, dark chocolate is actually worse for dogs, not just because it's like chocolate, but just because, well, actually it has more cocoa in it. So the higher the concentration of milk to chocolate, you can actually give it to dogs just fine. But if it's dark chocolate, the darker the chocolate, the worse it is for them. Yeah. I know, like, my dog scarfed a couple peanut butter cups when I wasn't <gasps> looking at it. Oh, yeah. She was fine. Well, Yeah. I think because that's also fake chocolate. <laughs> oh, probably. But speaking of that, did you have any desserts that you've gotten into making? too? Because yeah. I've never really seen those as much as the main courses. So there's this one uh, chocolate. It's essentially a really fancy chocolate pudding I like to make. It's French, so of course it's fancy. It's called pot de creme. 
And it is... Peau de creme. Peau de creme. <laughs> if you say it with a French inflection. Remember, in France, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you pronounce it right. I learned that years ago. <laughs> Good to know. I'll keep that in mind because I'm trying to learn French. But um, it's a really fancy, light um, pudding. And it's dark chocolate based and it has like raspberries and a homemade whipped cream and maybe a mint sprig it's very very good very rich and um i love making it i also love making these um lemonade tarts so it's just phyllo cups with a mix of lemon juice um sweetened condensed milk and a couple other things i can't remember off the top of my head we just put it into these um tarts bake them off in the oven top them with a the raspberry let them chill I suck with phyllo pastry. <laughs> it's hard to use that and puff pastry are some of puff the pastry. Things. It's like I tried with one thing and I'm pulling it out. It's falling apart, falls going apart. all over like it's like it's wilting yeah. pieces all over. Then it found places all over the house afterwards on the dog. Really? It's like you know when you get those little stars or something and you think you clean them up, those sprinkly stars. Yep. But they haunt you for months. So like it the, just never the ends. The ghost of the puff pastry. Yep. Or um, if you have kids and they're using glitter and you find it for like three years. Oh. But do you have a favorite particular dish you like to make? That I love to make. It honestly would probably be shepherd's pie. It's just so, it's so fun and you can really, there's a lot of creative liberty you can have with it. Um, but I like making um, chocolate lava cakes. Those are fun too. And I always wondered when I was a kid, like... How do they get the lava in there? And then I realized as you well, got Well, they older, go to a volcano and they, they just the suck volcano. it out with a straw. <laughs> but don't let it touch your mouth. <laughs> but it's like, Or they use a metal straw. <laughs> I would have probably believed that as a kid. I was very gullible. I probably, too, when you hear lava, you think it's going to erupt. Exactly. It's like, no, it just kind of goes... Yeah, it does. It sort of looks like one of these things and yes. then the phone comes <laughs> out. But to have one that would erupt would be awesome if you could rig it like that. Oh my gosh, can you imagine the lawsuits? <laughs> Molten hot chocolate, like just spraying over everyone. It's it would like, be oh. like in Willy Wonka, the sequel or something. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. <laughs> it would be really funny though, I think. But that's something to look forward to because I know you were doing this and it was going pretty well. And then with quarantine and everything, everything else. Yes. But it was very, it was like a, a perfect buy too. It's like being lazy, call Stephanie. She call will. Stephanie, <laughs> Steph the chef. We decided on that name because oh, it perfect. rhymes. Steph the chef. <laughs> Just hopefully that won't be a thing like Karen's or like, well, it's a chef, it's a Steph. It's like, it's like no. Just... That's all they do now is they come up with names for everything. That they are, really do. That are silly. And I've had heard about being robbed all the years, so screw robbed. all of you, you know, what the heck. Robbed. But in That's terms funny. of we're getting into a segue of some other things you do, do you do any specific Irish dishes? Shepherd's pie. <laughs> Well, that's Irish, yes. Um, How, where do you kill the shepherds in Rochester? They're hard to find. There, there are no shepherds in Rochester. It's such a shame. I mean, uh... <laughs> so, um, any other Irish dishes? Um, not really. I make a lot of pasta. I try to make a lot of Italian dishes. Um, I love making pasta dishes because a lot of the sauces are so... Did you make, like, chicken French and stuff like that? I've made chicken French before, yeah. And it's How actually... did you teach it if you were just learning? How would I teach it? If you were teaching it French, you just learned French. I'm still learning <laughs> French. I can't. So you're doing it with them, too. You're helping practicing on the chicken, teaching it French. I'm teaching the chicken French. Yes. yes. I'm teaching the sauce and everything. Just everything's learning French. Or artichokes fresh. Artichokes are... Artichokes, actually, this is a really random fact. Do you know artichokes are actually a flower that have not bloomed yet? They 
pluck them before they bloom. Uh, much like my life. <laughs> Same. I didn't know that. I didn't actually know that that they see now. See, they bloom. They yeah. would look like the things in Invasion of the Body Snatchers almost if they bloomed. Kind you of know, the pods. Right. But I've never seen one. Now I'm good. I'm sure there's tons of them online. I there's need a, a picture of an artichoke. They're really pretty. They kind of look like a thistle almost. And they well, you could see that because they're sort of sharp a little bit if you yeah. get the wrong one, the, the big globe mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. And they have like purple flowers, kind of like a thistle too. Except I think artichokes are prettier and they taste good. I've seen them actually. I've seen a couple that probably almost ready to bloom have gone. You take them and they're purple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or um, chives. Chives are like that. Like a, you can actually, a chive flower will bloom and it's purple and fluffy and it's See, we could go on all about like things we eat. We don't let them bloom and look pretty because that's interesting. I didn't, I really didn't know that. See, you learn something new it's, all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's fun. Food is, food is fun. And a lot of other chefs will say food is also sexy. I'm like, okay. But you have, I mean, I could imagine like if you're a culinary school, how you would deal with the Gordon Ramsay or somebody. Well. <laughs> and I've heard stories. One of my friend Carlos is, uh, he was on one of the cooking shows mm-hmm. and literally he did very well, except he burned himself. <gasps> And he was off, oh, and people were glad because he burned himself in a quite sensitive area. But people were glad that he got off because he's really good. Yeah. He's been doing this his whole life. Wow. He told me stories. I asked him about Gordon Ramsay because the real Gordon Ramsay, it's more for show in yes. America. Yeah. But he says he's had chefs come at him with knives and yep. everything else. And reading Bourdain's book, Kitchen Confidential, when I worked at a restaurant, he goes to working at a restaurant one day in one chapter, and I thought this was perfect. We had some temperamental characters. Yikes. I mean, it's it's scary. Food service is really, really tough. And these chefs, you know, they're tough on you because they want you to be good. Like a drill sergeant, essentially. Yeah. Um, the whiplash of chefs. It's like they throw much. pots at you and everything. God, it's like, I know. And actually, when my dad... I have a an uncle who went to the CIA. And he knew a guy who um you can't really poking. talk about that can you if he was in a federal agency because i used to work in dc the culinary <laughs> institute of america rob not i know it's like how many cia are there There's so, the celestial intervention agency from doctor who the cleveland institute but how did it go art. from there was it oh he he loved it he really enjoyed it but he knew a guy who was um turning over a steak with a fork and the chef was not happy. The chef came over and said, what the hell are you doing to that steak? And um, the you know chef asked him, why don't we turn, or I'm sorry, the, okay, I'll just get to the point. The chef ended up stabbing this guy in the hand with a fork and was like, that's why we don't You ever want to get in trouble, steak. go to a real expensive restaurant, say a French restaurant, yeah. oh my God. and go there. Get your get your meal and just go. Oh, can I have some ketchup? Oh my gosh! They'll be holding somebody. Oh my gosh! That would they would have gotten my dad. My dad would order bologna and onions (gasps) and a lot of ketchup or something. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, not in France. Don't do that in France. My God! I think even like Janine for like a vino. I don't even. I think she they have an vino burger. I think they give you ketchup then. But I know like for example, some chefs like Nicholas Grammatico with his sushi place. I remember going and I know Nick and talking, and he said there was one sushi he made, and he said. I can't stand when people put soy. I take this. There's a sauce I make. I leave it in my basement for six months. Really? And if you put anything on it. So I hate when people ask to put wasabi or anything on it because they don't appreciate the taste. 
Okay, fair enough. I mean... And some of that sushi stuff things, Euro Dreams of Sushi, it's a documentary. You couldn't even work on the, the fish until 10 years apprenticeship. I've heard you of started that with towels, and this guy's brilliant. It's if you ever want to watch a fantastic yeah. documentary, you just you start with towels and they let you massage the octopus. You're not a chef. Can you imagine in America if you had if somebody took you under the wing and said, "Okay, ten years from now we'll let you start, but you have to work your way up and be really that's, good." I mean, I understand like the thought process, but that's it's crazy. But I understand. It's, it is, but that's the one really since we've met. Many many years ago, far away in a galaxy somewhere else. <laughs> you're, you're. I love you. The diversity of what you do. You seem like you find passions and you go for them, which is, I think, it shows in all your work and everything you do Thank too. You. It's not just, you know, blah. You I know. do try to get my hands into everything I can. I love. Hey, don't say it like that. Next time you go to a store, they'll be. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> to never go to a buffet, and right? we know, we obviously, we try to keep this upbeat. We don't want to go blah. So it's been a crappy year, pretty much, for it certain really reasons. Has. Not one expected. And one thing I've been asking guests is, okay, when this all hit, how? What was your reaction? A little bit in terms of life was going to change. Did you think it was going to be like my friend Alyssa Trahan? She thought it'd be over by May and she'd be back touring. Yeah, I thought maybe by Easter. But all of a sudden, your life shuts down. I know for you, and we'll get into this now, one of the other things you've been doing for a heck of a long time is Irish dancing. Yes. And unbelievable to me. My last outing was on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And the, thing, the parade was canceled. Everything was canceled. What I did, I went out with my friend Alicia. Her husband, Ryan, plays in a band, 1916. Oh, very cool. So I was debating and going, yeah, yes, no, yes, no. I know Tommy Brunette. It was mm-hmm. at Iron Smoke. Okay, he's cutting the capacity. I got there early, just in case. Mm-hmm. And I remember Tommy telling me, like, we just about filled capacity. And it went well. As it could be. But you know, everything changed. And I stopped at Wegmans in Penfield. I noticed all the bread was gone. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just everything was It was the bread, out. though, in Penfield. I didn't go by. I mean, the whole thing. Yeah, I'm going to settle down and maybe I won't be able to go out for a couple months. Let's see, I can eat toilet paper. Right, yeah. <laughs> when real. I'm a model now, because I've heard the horror story that some models just say stay thin, eat tissue. Ew. Yeah, know? I've or sawdust, I've heard that too. Yeah, well, they have hot dogs. <laughs> no, I hate hot dogs. Oh, that's the thing too. Is there any other food you don't like just to be... Tomatoes. <laughs> wow, a lot and of people... Okay, this is a not a trick question. You don't like tomatoes, but you like sauce. I like it if it doesn't have chunks of tomato in it. Like, See, and I'm Italian too, and I really. My friend Mark Rialdi, who there's no more Italian than Mark Rialdi. Not really. He <laughs> does not. He will like, but he just hates tomatoes. And what I've heard too from some people, they look like they're unformed little embryos or something. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, I personally like the appeal, and I like the smell of tomatoes too, like fresh ones. I think they're a very pretty, um, a very pretty thing. I just don't like the taste. I can't. See, that's the thing. Taste. People, I always tell people that's like on here in terms of music, art, everything else. You like what you like. You, and some people, what gets me is some people will flip. It's like on anything these days. It's like you can get political about food. What you don't like this? It's like what's wrong? With <laughs> you know, you? you're wrong. You're. Evil. It's like okay, thanks. You know, it's the, or it's like um, I remember you made a post on Facebook. Um, it was just to prove people will argue about anything. Here's a rock. Here's a picture of And I had people arguing about me. It's a switch. It's a stick. No, no matter what. If I argued, like if I put something up saying, 
I remember trips with my mom when I was a kid going to the Royal Scott, and they had, and I, what I remember most is strawberry shortcake. Mm-hmm. It's if I put up about strawberry shortcake, somebody would like say I'm gonna block me and say that I'm offensive because I it's not cherry pie. I guarantee these days <laughs> <laughs> because it's not cherry pie. And there was another parody of that where someone said, "I like apples, but I don't like oranges." And then there was a post below it saying. So you're saying apples are better than oranges? What about bananas and strawberries and raspberries? Like- this is true. This is true. I took, <laughs> yes, I, I went to the dark side for a while in college, and I took some law classes. Oh, this was a literal question on a on a bar exam. Okay, you get to choose from fruits. Okay, there's strawberries, apples, pears, oranges. There's a correct answer. Now, what would you choose if you had between strawberries and apples? What would you choose? Like, what was my favorite? It, it's, it'll say what's your favorite fruit and say strawberries or apples. What would you pick? I prefer strawberries. Okay, you're right. Here's the reasoning behind it. The idea, and this is talk about, like, stereotypes and everything. Oh, this should be good. It's the idea. The law professor said they thought people who came more from an upper middle class background might do better in law. Strawberries were more of a fruit that they would prefer, or apples were looked upon as blue collar. What? This is true. I swear, this is this was in Mrs. Murphy's law class back in school, and she said this. <laughs> she said there was actually a right answer, and then one guy, I guess, I think his parents had money, blew it out. But I like apples. <laughs> 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 oh, I thought that felt awkward. And again, it's like whatever you like. It's I mean, I don't you know hate... Reagan age. You know, he was rich. He was president. He ate jelly beans for goodness' sake. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate apples. I like I like apples. I like Granny Smiths. Oh gosh, but I don't like empires. Does that mean Does that mean something? <laughs> oh, you might have a bone to pick with somebody afterwards. Oh, boy. You never know. <laughs> but Irish dancing. Now, how did you get into this? The old joke with my friend Colette was if you're Irish, you were born doing it out of the womb. <laughs> Shockingly, it's like, <laughs> you're not Irish. I'm not Irish. I'm Italian-German. But um, we, when I was a kid, we were at, um, we lived in Gates, and we went to St. Helens Church. And every year they would have their <laughs> annual festival, and they had Irish dancers there. And at the, you know, they also gave adult lessons. So my mom decided to try it. And she said, okay, well, let me try. Because it was just me and my older sister at the time who were doing tap and ballet. And my mom's like, okay, well, if I like it, then I'll get them into it. And her and I got into it. And then my younger sister got into it. Then my brother got into it. And right now it's just me and my mom mostly doing it. But um, so all of us did it for years and years and years. And I love it. I know you competed in tournaments and everything. Oh, we still compete. That's how is the school and everything doing during this crazy stuff now? Because I know I'm sure you go around. I remember seeing a couple times back when I worked at bars, the Irish dancers come around yeah. mm-hmm. and. So the Rochester. The only people sober in the bar. Pretty much, yeah, and that wasn't even all the time. I've seen some drunk bartenders, but um, oh, St. Patrick's Day, we could have another episode on St. Patrick's oh, Day. Oh, we'll have to. We'll have about to that. about the stories. Oh, oh yeah, seen. I found like the extra bar back we had was passed out on the stairs drunk. <gasps> Remember, like I worked at a bar in East Avenue, so during the parade, what would happen? We'd get there around ten. Yeah. If it was cold, people started coming in, yep. and we made a lot of money. But by the end of the day, you were absolutely frazzled out. Oh my God. Or was, I could think like not... my friend Patrick Carroll and Carroll's. That's like a legit mm-hmm. Irish bar. I'm sure it was jammed. It's like on Ren Day for Patrick. Yeah. 
jammed on Randy. Crazy. You know, people people won't think about that it's Boxing Day feast of Stephen. It's the day after Christmas. But at Carol's Irish Pub, like, they have, they have Randy, and it's beyond packed out the door. That's insane. And then how did you do that in some places? You come in to dance. There's a bunch of drunks. It's packed. What do you... You make it work. <laughs> you, <laughs> you get find... on a table. We haven't done that yet. I've heard of people doing it, but we haven't had to do that yet. That's one of my pet peeves because I've seen musicians like a guitarist from the Flush Stones jump down a table at Abilene, uh-huh. and all I could think was somebody's going to fall off. Someone's going to get hurt. Actually, Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze, he played at Milestones. He got on the bar instead of walking down the bar. <gasps> no, he did fine. He's he oh did good, gosh. but can you imagine like somebody falling off? Because I've seen people fall off stage. I think. A worst case scenario would be if you knocked over someone's drink. Now, th- I have seen people knock over drinks, and there is just chaos. And so you don't mess with someone's drink. Oh, no. No, did you ever go to Caverly's? No, I don't think oh, that's so. Well, that was my Dan. Shout out to Dan, John Adams. Mm-hmm. That was my last hangout before I pretty much gave up the booze and gotcha. everything. Oh, very Irish pub. Uh, Dan's very active in the Hibernian Society. Yeah. They've had people in there. I'm surprised they never had Irish dancers. I'll have a bone to pick with them. If you don't. Well, they may have had Irish dancers that just wasn't the Rochester Academy, which is yeah. our school. Now, what is the dance actually called? Is there something like, what's the, is it a certain, because it's like, all I could think of is mostly <laughs> river dance. <laughs> so there are so there are different you jump dances. around <laughs> really right um but there are different dances so soft shoe dances um the soft shoes we call gillies and there are slip jigs and reels and jigs of course and then when you get into the hard shoes the ones that make noise there are hornpipes treble jigs slow hornpipes um slow treble jigs and fast hornpipes and fast treble jigs but then there are traditional and contemporary set pieces um, the traditional ones have been done the same ways for hundreds of years with only slight variations. So, for example, there's one called a set piece called St. Patrick's Day. You could do the traditional version with someone from a different school across the country or going to do it the same way. Oh, that's so. good. Also, too, that's interesting history because I wonder, like, what the oldest one recorded would go back as. Cause it, everything comes on. So somebody probably started, somebody probably stepped on fire, started <laughs> jumping around. Oh, wow, it's a cool dance. That's so cool. And then it started because, like, it's how tales are told. It starts as one thing. Mm-hmm. And I love the origins of things. It probably started out as something. Somebody picked up on mm-hmm. it. And then the traditional thing holds there. Somebody adds their own twist. Mm-hmm. Like, then the, I'll do this. I'll do this. Well, there were dance with... Uh, there were these guys called dance masters who would go from town to town and and dance and then other dance masters would like challenge them and stuff and they would and that's kind of how it started with these masters going from town to town and, and the one I think about is the bull in the cave in the field where they start doing the dance. And there's one woman there who's, she's a redhead, so she's cursed. Nobody wants to dance oh, with no. her. They won't. So he goes, the bull in the cave will dance with her. He <laughs> does this reel bouncing around with the shillelagh and everything. That is cool. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to find but that. But also, too, that. there's probably some fun. And don't you do, like, the costumes? Your mom probably helps with mm-hmm. the costumes. And do you have, like... Do you come up with a concept for them? Yeah. Because I've seen some of them, and they're pretty cool. They're all, like... Mm-hmm. Every dance dress is, at least solo dress, are school dresses, but every solo dress is unique to the dancer. Um, there are, no two solo dresses are the same. And my mom, she did make my last one. Um, it has 
Now, this is kind of an unpopular opinion. I love spiders. I found them really fascinating. I do, too, actually. I think a lot of people do or don't. It comes, for me, it comes back to, my mom used to iron in the basement. Mm -hmm. So I would go down there sometimes. I had my comic books and everything. There yeah. was this, my mom even told me, she's ironing, there's a window. So there's a spider there, and she's going to kill it. She kept looking, and she was watching it do the web. Aww. And it just looks so neat the way, and I had one by my computer, and I left it. It nabbed every fly. Left really? me alone. Not like the one little bastard that bit me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that one. Wow, it's black and red. Wow, it's swelling up and turning purple. <laughs> like, that looks cool. I should probably call the hospital, though. You know, but like even to arrange, they're sort of cute. Everything's cute cool. this way like that. Some people like snakes. I know some people. I like snakes. You know? <laughs> I think they're cool. Oh, great. I know, I know. But um, I actually. Hey, a... I saw that it had like a little spider. There's with... a spider on my um, dance dress and. Some of the little ones at the dance school helped me name him. So his name is Mr. Dr. Albert Legs the Fourth. No, he's Mr. Dr. Albert Legs the Third. I'm sorry. His son is Mr. Dr. Albert Legs the Fourth. Wow, that's a mouth. It's a mouth. Plus, it also name. probably keeps when you have competition. They probably walk away from you a lot of them when they see that. <laughs> Actually, I've had some little kids come up to me and say, "I love the spider on your dress." I don't know if you're familiar with the Be uh, Beetlejuice. When I love Winona mm -hmm. Ryder. Yep. And Lydia Dietz in Beetlejuice. Mm -hmm. I think if you look at some of the things she wore, that reminds me it's of that. It's similar a little bit, yeah. And we for this last um. We call it Aractus. It's our regional championship. Um, my mom uh, changed the sleeves on my dress to lace, so it looked even more like a spider theme, which was kind of one cool. of my friends did one for Halloween, where I guess like he just dressed up as a spider. Oh, that's and so he, cool! And he had like his son as a spider baby giving out candy and everything. That is so cool. But that's fun. It's just I and, think you have fun with it. But how, have you tra you've traveled for this, haven't you? Yes. Have you been to Ireland for it? I've never all? been to Ireland. I've never um, gotten. I've never qualified to do anything over in Ireland. I mean, I've had. There were a couple competitions I could have done, but I. It's just expensive. Oh yeah, it's part of the problem and everything it's so too. Pricey. It's like I know, like for Girls Rock Rochester, my friend Amanda was saying they're trying to because it's hard now. It's really hard. Anyway, but where's is there's been some place like I never say best of, but something that stands out like as a trip. Um. So. We call it our, our every November. We call it our annual pilgrimage to um, Philadelphia for Aractus, and that's always fun to me. I love going there. But my favorite and Rochester Academy. We also have a fesh, which is just a local competition. Um, we would have it at the Cirque in at Brockport. Unfortunately, we couldn't have it this year. Um, but there's also another one called Fesh at the Falls, which is in Niagara Falls. That's one of my favorite feshes to do because you can walk across to Canada. You can see uh, the falls. Maybe not now. Maybe but... not now. But you can also go to the casino. You can go to Seneca, Niagara and gamble and it's and have dinner and it's just a blast. That's cool. And I mean, that was literally the week before this hit. If I was planning to go to Philly. I go. I pick. A, I make a pilgrimage every year to Philly to see my friend Kim. And now we're maybe plotting over Labor Day. Very cool. If they don't put up like walls with this like New York or whatever right. else. Well, if New York gets divided like they want. To. Yeah, that or if, what am I supposed to fund like some like government officials? <laughs> uh, I have to quarantine for fourteen days. Right. So, but I love going down to Philly. The only thing for me for Philly is being from here, as you know, down there. You get down there and you hit that traffic. And I'm, like, saying things that would make the angels blush going, like, on the roads here. And the thing about Philly drivers is I know it's like you go on 490. Mm -hmm. I swear my head off, you know. But 
what happens, I get down, I hit Philly proper almost. Mm-hmm. You're going by the King of Prussia Mall, so there's a big... Yep. It's packed, but they're so slow, you can get in other lanes. But they don't start at lights like the way we would, which is a good thing in some ways. But okay. but case... sometimes you're just going, get on with it. And then the, the roads are so packed. Yeah. So I'll leave my car outside her house and I won't get back into it till let her drive and she's like the most dangerous driver oh, i've ever been around really yeah, i guess you learn oh my god but gosh. there's plenty of, i like i like philly a lot the diversity of the food it's really we nice. always sit in every there's like an italian restaurant there i think it's called the three triangles been there since 1938 wow well we're usually at the philadelphia downtown marriott but we're there over thanksgiving so it's the traffic isn't as bad um because you know everyone's home usually but um, we go to the Reading Terminal Market, which is always a blast. And there's this art supply store down there called Blix that I always go to every year. We I went to the jail day. there, too, for Halloween, where really? I guess Al Capone was there. And now I forget the name of the jail, but it's like a famous jail. Al Capone was there. And even there, you see his cell. He had the amenities. He had the books and everything. Wow. But I guess they do a ghost tour of that later is on. Is the but... prison still used? No, but oh, I guess they tell the story about the guy who climbed over the wall, but they do tours now. Whoa. And it's really sort of creepy, like, seeing it walking through all the places. And I forget the name of it, but it's the jail there. That is so cool. Whatever. Do you think Do you think if they um, opened up some of these old jails and, like, put them into full use, but they were still haunted, do you think that would deter crime a little bit? might like, be like me. It might be this. cool. It's like, wow, I'm going to go. To a haunted you know, jail. I'm going to learn the, from the best. It's like pop-up teaching. Right. <laughs> It depends how you feel. It would creep people out because it's like you go in some buildings, you get that weird feeling about yeah. them. I mean, we did a ghost tour out by Bethlehem in New York, went to Rolling Hills Asylum. And oh some gosh. people, like one of my friends got freaked out. She was laying in the morgue and she felt like... That's creepy. But it makes you wonder if it would be a good crime deterrent. Some people <laughs> some people go, this is cool. I'm going to learn from the best. Mm, not if you had to be there for like five years, like... I mean, being there for one night is one thing, but, you know, being there for, like, five years or something, it might drive you crazy. Yeah, it might be. I, how long have you been here? Like, The Shining, you've always been here. I've never seen The Shining. <laughs> well, trust me. I mean, some people know the line. I'll have but to. But one of the things you've been Well, lucky... I know the red rum. Yeah. The red rum. They I... should, yeah. <laughs> the little kid red rum, red rum. But luckily for you, too, one of the big things you do with graphics, drawing, mm-hmm. yep. you've been able to do that obviously during this so you don't go totally stir crazy yes absolutely um i've been working a lot on my comic um black rose i've had a lot more time to work on it in fact it's um gonna be reaching its conclusion i have my bag of stephanie stuff here and here is actually what did i get from you the first one the first one this is yep and it's it, the plot changed a little bit, so this is like a first edition one you have right here. Um, well, it's on eBay after this. It's on eBay, right? When when I hit it big, we'll see. But um, the plot did change a little bit over time. Um, it was supposed to end differently, but it is coming to its conclusion fairly soon. But I have a sequel planned, which I'm really excited about, because Black Rose I didn't plan out very well. I was kind of just going along and having a vague idea of what I wanted to How do. How did you get into all this? Did you just start taking an interest when you were young, scribbling, I mean, younger, or so, scri- you know, scribbling away, like, trying to draw and just um, pick up? Or? I mean, I've always I've always really liked to draw, but it, uh, once I got serious about it till I was probably about maybe 15, and I didn't start making the comic until um, my very first drafts, I would say, were in 2013, 2014, and it was so much different. 
but um, I'm really glad I started it, and it's helped me become a better artist. And I, I think like. the part, too, you were pretty much self-taught. Yes. And I'm very big for this. Some people, I think we all go a different way, but I think when you do that, maybe you can ask some people for advice, mm -hmm. but you develop your own style. You're not like cookie cutter. Definitely. Like you're supposed to do this. Like one of my big complaints now for teams like Seattle hockey team, I like the, the Krakens. Mm -hmm. If you look at a lot of these new teams, they've got the same fonts, the same logos, it's yeah. the same. It's the, I mean, they're cool, but it's like nothing really stands out. You know? Yeah. I feel that way with a lot of modern anime too. Uh, a lot of people are trying to be like the stuff they see on TV or all they want to draw like all the other anime and it's like why would you want to fall into such a you, you know, have like a bible for characters pretty much kind of yes because after a while <laughs> i do have a lot of i mean characters. i am thrilled actually everybody's gonna get it. my friend david gerald he talked to me he said you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna give you a cameo in my next book a walk-on really i said i want to be a bad guy and i want to get killed he said it'll be it'll be short but it'll be very important so <laughs> everybody gets one so sure, but that's the beauty too like if you have somebody you don't like you can draw them and have them squished by mm -hmm. a spider you can't oh my gosh i would so do that there, there are a few people who um obviously I'm not you don't mess with you don't mess with artists singers writers anything else so you will meet a horrible death you're going to, something horrible is going to happen either you're going to be written about sung about drawn about I mean, the most i can do to people i don't like for the most part is hey you want to be on the podcast <laughs> and oh my gosh but no yes that i actually never thought of that that way don't make an artist songwriter or writer angry because they'll kill you. Yeah. I mean, fictionally, of course, but... Well, that's why I think, like, Taylor Swift, I mean, she had a probably date and break up with herself to make her latest album, because what is she going to do to be miserable? I know, it must right? get hard for some people. Well, I'm rich, I'm happy. How am I going to write about stuff? Yeah, there's nothing to write about anymore. But did you... Obviously, your things, and I have many of your random pictures, like the ones I've gotten from you. Yep. Yes, I'm a patron of Stephanie's one. art, and I'm going to... But I love, like, this one. You can't see it on here, but we can put some of your pictures up. Thank you. I love, like, the design here where it's, this looks vampiric almost. Yeah, she's, um, she's actually, I wouldn't even say a counterpart to my main character. She, um, she's a spirit who kind of, who took over, not took over, but took up residence in, um, my main character's body. What was, of. like, your first thing you ever really drew, like, in terms of these? Of Black Rose. Any of those. They're like, what was your first drawings? Like, what were, were they, uh, spiders? <laughs> they were not spiders, actually. I didn't find my love of spiders until, I'd say, fairly recently, within the past few years. Um, but with Black Rose, my first drawings of this came about, um, when, because I love the, um, Baroque era, which is like, you know, 1700s Marie Antoinette era. I fell in love with the fashion, and I'm like, I've been Baroque a lot in my yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am currently bar very Baroque, but um, I love the fashion of that era. I was like, it would be cool to make a character kind of, you know, in that era, but maybe kind of evil. Um, so that's how I came up with Nicolette at first, but I, I changed her a lot. But, I think, um, like, Neil Gaiman for Sandman, the way he and Morpheus look was the same way, or, like, Desire. Mm -hmm. They would wear those old clothes, like, Victorian yep. era, Baroque era. Yep. And did you get into that just from, like, art books? Or did you, was there somebody specific whose work you liked, or was it just from seeing the designs? Just and... from seeing the designs overall, and then my wheel started spinning, like, what if there was, like, a spirit or an evil... 
um, you know, creature that had like this look. Have you? You're familiar with Doctor Who. I know you're familiar <laughs> with Doctor Who. Um, do you remember? It was a David Tennant episode with the Clockwork Men. Yes. That's. I thought Which that. is so sad yeah, because Sophia Miles, the girl in the fireplace, yeah. and I'm waiting for you, my lost angel. And just to, I know. it really summed up the doctor's loneliness and how he, I think he said to his companions, even, you know, I, I regenerate, you die, and yeah. I'll wait for you, and then he it doesn't was, come back. Because he was the romantic doctor. He was he, very he really romantic. Was. Like he told Sarah Jane about that, yeah. and there was all that sort of like, you realized he was like a lonely traveler. So now you now we're going to just go off about Doctor Who for an hour. We because could. Of you. But, but yeah, um, the Baroque clockwork. The clockwork men, I guess, would be my first inspiration, because when I was a kid and saw that episode for the first time, I couldn't sleep. They terrified me. But as I got older and matured more... I realized, oh my gosh, that is such a great idea. And then I just started researching the clothes and everything more, and I'm like, I have to do something I mean, it's a little almost like Borders on Steampunk, but it isn't. And Steampunk's a weird genre because it's almost, it's like the writings of Michael Moorcock, especially, Mm -hmm. where it's almost adding, like, Victorian to sci-fi. It's like Victorian sci-fi. Almost, you have the Zeppelins and all the dress. And I think the cool part of it's about the dress, really, if you do that right. yes. You know, mm-hmm. well, and Black Rose it takes place in Paris. Yeah, what is the just okay. in a nutshell? What's sort of Black Rose about? It's about Nicolette who discovers, unfortunately, too late, that the spirit exists and wants to kill her and create a body for herself. She doesn't want to take over Nicolette's body. She wants one for herself, and she's kind of been feeding off Nicolette's very strong emotions to gain strength. But now she needs. She she wants to kill her, and now Nicolette has to figure out. Oh my God, what am I going to do? It's a lot of classic fantasy. There's elements of Jeff Smith's Bone and mm-hmm. Wendy Penny's Elf Quest. Mm-hmm. That's what Gerard reminds you a little bit, but it's different. A little bit like Elf Quest, but not like it. It's your own. That's the beauty of it too. Is Thank I you. think I like Artie Shaw, the musician, once said, "I'm the best musicians are the ones who steal the most." We we borrow from so many different things. Like when I wrote my first story, I looked at it and said, "Well, it's a." piss poor Ray Bradbury story <laughs> but then what you do is like even I think he said or one writer said you take a style you go on then you make it your own yeah and I think you've made this I think because you've had that independence about mm-hmm. this you made everything your own like that I've definitely tried and I'm still trying I'm not by any means perfect I I feel like I'm still discovering but you challenge style. yourself and I think I like that in terms of would there be something really difficult for you to draw like a style of like something um, landscapes are kind of difficult for me to do, um, and I'm trying to get into watercolor. Watercolor I struggle with a bit, but, um, a style that would be extremely difficult are, you know, at the State Fair, those caricatures, those super exaggerated ones? Yeah. That would be way too hard for me to do. You could always, like, do one, just keep it to yourself I could and try, see. yeah, and keep it away from the world. Yeah, but you have, we all love our children like that. We have favorites. Do you have a favorite out of your characters? Of course. Yeah, I do. Um, And I love all my characters. Like, just because I'm saying this is my favorite. It's, I, we mean. asked Caitlin this about coyotes, and it's like, come on, we know. you. This we one know. you like. Uh, and, you know, it is hard because now I think I have a slight inkling of what it's like to be a parent but um my favorite character is um her name's Liliana she is definitely one of the more unique characters I have she has a very um interesting story she has a really weird personality she's not evil but she's capable 
of the most evil out of my human characters, at least. That's sort of good. Like she, they did sort kill, of, she did kill It's like someone. almost, again, and I know you're not a fan as much. You know I love Daenerys. But, yes, of course. And I know, what you've, I know your views on Game of Thrones, and I agree with them. They're not <laughs> wrong. But some of the characters, like if you go through with your books... Mm-hmm. You maybe look at some and go, well, I think this person's horrible. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you look later on and go, this person's not as bad. Not as bad as I thought. But then this person, oh, they were good. No, wait a second. They're pretty yeah. rotten. It, your perspectives change. And I think what makes Liliana kind of a unique character is people are mixed on her. They Some people really, really like her. And some people are not a fan of her or what she did. Well, I think what happens, too, is, and I found this from my own writing, is you will start, and you'll know what you're going to do, then they take a life of your own. You'll start mm-hmm. part A. By the time you get to part B and C, mm-hmm. it's completely, you map it out, but then all of a sudden, no, it changes as you go. It changes so that's as what you... happens. And I think that's really cool because I think it shows the development of not only your characters, but yourself as a writer, as a storyteller. Because if your characters are going, that means you're growing with and them. And also, not only that, but I've heard most people, they'll look back at their first story, their first, first music. Yeah. You'll hear some great musicians say, mm-hmm. man, that, you know, the Beatles, when they first played, they weren't the Beatles. They were the Silver Beatles. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew. There were some guys, like for me, going down to the bug jar scene in the pub. Mm-hmm. They weren't anybody. And they really, until they went to Hamburg, they even, they weren't that good. And I think most people, I've, like a lot of famous writers will say, man, that stuff I first wrote, that sucked. <laughs> yes. I feel the same. My first draft of Black Rose, I was like, this isn't good. It's like Joe Lansdale, Lansdale yeah. who's one of my favorite authors. I read one of his first books, the difference between what he first wrote and what he writes now, because mm-hmm. you build on it. That's what I always hate when people ever say, John Byrne, the comic writer, one time comic artist writer lost me because he said one thing well i just got my style and i really stopped years ago trying and once you stop growing that you never stop growing is the thing you you never stop growing you just give up and i know so many people so many musicians artists in their 20s or early 30s and you think the level they're doing now how like in like many years from now mm-hmm. how what you'll be doing, yeah. it might be the same thing, it might be different, but then know. you might be looking back at this going, this was good, but this is... Or this is better, this is... Or not even better or worse, just different. But have you different. ever like looked into, like maybe with your mom's store too, have you done like poster art like for posters or graphic designs? Or... I mean, the stuff I, you know, this is the closest I have to posters, but um, I'm trying to get more exposure so maybe people... And not know. only that, but like you do all these yourself. You laminate mm-hmm. them and they're always really yeah. cool. I have my own little neat collection. Yeah, I'm so glad. But um, with my mom, there was a design I did for our local church, St. Mark's. And then with her business, she was able to digitize it and um, put it on bags. So Speaking of that, your mom's business and how much... Now, I have to say, one of my things, exposure to t-shirt design and everything, Mm -hmm. you're too young, darn it. (laughs) Just by a couple years. Too young for what? Ask your mom about this, fabric crayons. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we used to do these in grade school. You would draw them on a piece of acrylic paper or something. I have no idea. You would iron them on a t-shirt. And was... my drawing, okay, this is like a confession, too. One of my first drawings was the Yankee symbol. Was it really? Yes, yeah, so oh. it's like, so now it's sort of like, it's almost like my turn to Darth Vader for you, <laughs> knowing a little bit that, yes, I used to do, like, Yankee symbols and stuff. Wow. My mom was a fan of WPIX, and then it all wow. went, there could be a movie about that. You were the chosen one. <laughs> what happened? What happened? And I drew like a neat little like drag and it said drag on with a car. And I realized I I could draw a little bit when I was younger and then it just went down the toilet. 
as my mom always says, things always look worse before they get better. That's what we were saying when we were cleaning my room a few months ago. But talk about now, this is also something you're involved in your mom's business. And who will guess, sort of somebody out there will know, Make It So, what's that from? SEW. SEW, Make It SEW, Make It So. And um, there were actually a few different names, but we all, the family voted and we were like, Make It So. It's catchy. It's people, people come in and laugh about it though a little bit like, Some people recognize, especially people at, conventions and stuff those people will know exactly where it's from because you know geek culture yo um but my my favorite (laughs) right but um she has a commercial embroidery machine a heat press uh we do vinyl screen printing um heat press embroidery all sorts of stuff no that's amazing now now do you do this too do you know all about how to do this i'm learning there's she definitely knows the business inside and out and i'm like I Come know, here, like, here is right. <laughs> I know a fraction of that, but she. Um, but that's how you learn. You apprentice, yeah. and you know from somebody who knows what they're doing. I'm usually her driver. Like if she needs something delivered out to Henrietta, I'm like, I'll go. I volunteer <laughs> as tribute. <laughs> so um, it, it's really cool. But she can sew too. Um, like she was making masks. You know these. That's the thing I was going to ask in terms of what happened when this started. Did you have to close? No, because the business is out of our house, so we could... Um, well, if you had to close your house, that would be kind of... That'd be yeah, I mean, there's been some extreme things here. But that would be, yeah, a little... But we're closed. Well, you can have chicken wings, but we'll starve. They're not food. <laughs> I wish I wish I could eat chicken wings and, like, it just be empty calories. That would be amazing. <laughs> but um, we have a box outside our house where people can pick up and we can drop off, so they don't have to come inside if, you know, they don't... We yeah, adapt, yeah. though. See, we but adapt, have yeah. you gotten, like, in terms of masks, are there funny designs? Or, yeah. I will say, when my friend Adriana played out, it wasn't a fix either. I had a Rocky and Bullwinkle one. I won a prize really? for these masks. That's funny. But, but people ask, have, you have, did, did your mom pick different designs? Like, different terms? fabrics. Like Hello Kitty or... Oh, um jeez. <laughs> but, yeah, we have different designs and stuff, but because fabric... It was so hard to get fabric for a while. We were limited to kind of what we had in the house, which was a lot, but still. This has been going on for how many years? How long has your mom had My this? My mom has had this business for, I believe, seven years, seven, eight years now. So it's been a while. And she's she's doing great. Yeah, it's a great, like, it's a good niche industry. And I love, like, talking with you about, like, about shirts maybe eventually mm-hmm. for the show. Yeah. And, like, you're like... The idea you tell people and you're really smart about it. Okay, call though. No, people don't think about it. People, I think, I found like outside of my businesses when people talk to me, that a lot of times mm-hmm. they don't know what they're talking about because they've never done it, right. but they think they do. Sometimes. They think they do. And the idea of like a shirt, mm-hmm. okay, black and white and color are very different. They are very and I different. do know this a little bit from Steve Litvak because his drummer does like church for his band. Mm-hmm. Okay, it depends. And also, when it, you, can, you shouldn't have like a, you know, cornucopia of things on the shirt you should catch the eye and you should and i think that's another thing in terms i think it plays into your art too where you learn things from shirt design about what catches the eye it's not too cluttered or vice versa yeah. from shirt design and, and, and things mean something too you might not think but like some symbol you put in because you like it mm-hmm. but something like a rose or something else that might just be there for for a fact yeah, yeah you have to be you have to be conscious like i mean my mom can put whatever you want on a t-shirt but it's up to whoever makes the logo and stuff to 
you know, because more colors or more complex design is. I mean, like, I mean, you design, you mean, not everything you want, because, like, not like a big bowl of cherries on top. You can just right. set it on there or something. <laughs> but as you've got, and nothing weird, I hope, but has anybody asked, like, for something really sort of funny or strange? People nothing have, perverted, please. It's no, something nothing funny. perverted. But we have had funny things. Like, um, there were birthday shirts my mom made for someone, um, and it was, like, 50, the ultimate F word or something. And um, her, my mom is, she doesn't like to swear or anything. And she was on a bowling team and their names were shut the F, F up and bowl. And she didn't want to put the actual I'll tell F-bomb some advice for your mom. Never play bingo because <laughs> I used to go with my mom and you would hear in unison some of those games the ones that were one long. I've never heard so many senior citizens utter F-bombs as loud with somebody mom, called bingo. My mom and my grandma used to go to bingo all the time and my mom bowled at Dewey Gardens. Trust me, she has been Yeah, my mom, more I remember the days I was like, I go see my mom bowl. She bowled at Terrorists mm-hmm. and Dewey, my dad bowled at Dewey. Dewey, yeah. And I remember the good old days. Yeah, this is a sport. They're drinking Manhattan's and smoking like chimneys. Yeah. Oh, my time to go up there. <laughs> it's like, wait, I can't the see thing, the I screen. I grew up in there. I grew up in go Dewey Gardens because what would happen is my dad would bowl. And what, they let me loose and I'd go play the video games. Mm-hmm. So I sort of grew up at Dewey. I grew up at um, Gates Bowl when they, st- you're familiar with Gates. Yeah. I used to bowl in gates yeah. too, yeah. When they you know when they have the um covering for the bar and everything. Yeah. I remember when people would still smoke in there. And honestly, I know this is also kind of an unpopular opinion. I kind of miss smoking in bowling alleys because I guess it's a lot of nostalgia. Well, you know what me. my mom said to like some of her friends said it's a working man's pleasure. They get out and everything else and some of that I mean I have my own opinions from working at bars because it would stick to my clothes yeah but you know sometimes I mean she said you know some people they're having fun what's you know what's the bad part about you know you're being a Puritan people have their own lives and everything else and you know it's one of those topics where you know the world changes and what can you do about it Mm -hmm. and bowling too bowling's die I remember going to my dentist and his sister's secretary and they were on the line about trying to get a bowl they couldn't even get people for teams anymore I know, and I used shit. to go to Gates. Well, they made bowling so expensive. Yeah, oh yeah, what we used to do is every Thanksgiving we would go bowl, like every that was a, oh, and every fun. Sunday, every Sunday morning we would go bowl. Oh, how fun! And my parents were in leagues. I was in a league actually, finished in first and in last at Terrace. Wow! So it was like one of those where. That's... Have you ever had a three hundred before? Somebody in our league bowled. It. Really? Yeah. My younger brother. I had a three hundred over three games before. Yeah. Right, same. But my brother, he's had a 300 game. We had a kid, and I can't believe he did it because unfortunately, word got around he was doing it, right? So people were coming down and watching him. Can you imagine? But he did it. Wow. So that's crazy. The amount of concentration you need is insane. I was very erratic where I could, like, I'd blow like six strikes. Then I would like miss an easy spare. Mm -hmm. That was me. I never was consistent. I could go if I was hot. I was hot. I remember, like, people would do a cheat in the league, like, when we started, because they tried to get your average. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like, tank the game. And my friend, you know, just to get the lower average. So we go up. But for me, like, our friend going, no, I'm not tanking it. I just, some, I would have one of those days, especially on some of the alleys at Terrace in the back where I couldn't hit those alleys at all. So that's why I was never consistent, I suppose. I think if you're a pro in that and golf, I mean, like, when you're doing your art, you could fix it up if you mess it up. And have you done that before where you just, Ah, this just isn't going right. I'm gonna. I sometimes I'll scrap it and go back to it like a week or two or even months later. 
But I, I mean, you. I really look forward to seeing like the evolution of what you're doing. It's well, been really you. cool and fun. And plus, I, who knows what else? You might be like a professional skydiver in a few years the way you find <laughs> it. Who knows? Because you're like me a lot like that. Like you'll find an interest. I was just I'm actually just... talking about getting back into astro- astronomy, not astrology or whatever. <laughs> that would be cool, though. It's always good to have interest. And thank you so much for, you know, um, supporting um my business well that's the everything. endorsement it's like i tell musicians i don't just support it it don't suck <laughs> don't suck just don't and you suck know, you know that's, just don't be no just it's don't good i always if it's good that's you know and whatever it is is good but i hope you had fun here this was great and Rob. the Thank thing so about much. this now okay we plug everything so in terms of and we'll try to get the information up on the website yeah. and everything else because i mean we can't talk visual on here we have right. art we'll get some pictures of your art up. that sounds awesome but Thank okay you. in terms of if they want to go to your mom's stop shop tell us about it a little yeah. bit like where how do you get to her where is it we'll put the business card up on oh the yeah line. and the address is there and yeah. everything you make awesome. an appointment or just go down or especially um, during court member during these funny times it might be a little different yeah it's best to just call her or email her leave her a message and you know then you can set something up or you can just do it over the phone oh you know, that's neat so. in terms of now for you you were actually going to be teaching yes yes i um i have a gig at the Greece Community Center next month, but I also do private art lessons for adults, for kids. Um, I can and, see you if I tried it, you'd be like that guy at Whiplash, like hit me with a Twizzler when I was a Twizzler. Rude! <laughs> Do you at least get to eat the Twizzler? <laughs> but I can see that. Oh, is that lying in front or back? Is it in front now? <laughs> Rude! Um, but yeah, and I also hope to teach classes at the Gates Community Center before quarantine happened i was supposed to teach there but um i'm also getting in touch with the hilton and penfield see that's so. i mean for me i'm i can't get my opinion on schools it's i'll say about schools in the fall i know like for example like in college mm-hmm. fisher's gonna be open in august till good till thanksgiving okay. and i trust they'll do whatever and it's just one of those things where i always say don't get mad about it because you really you know you can do what you can yeah. and i you can have your you know, your views one way or another, but what's going to happen is going to happen and it's going to impact people's lives in a way. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's the thing. Who would ever think, well, I'm going to teach, well, can I, we have to wear a mask, whatever. And you're going to have a policy too, like with the kids, like if you get near them, you have to wear a mask or Um, or That is going to be on a more, um, I won't require it, but if Yeah, you're away from them. You're far away. You're far away from them. But if, well, how are you going to, like, talk anyways, like, teach like that, too? Obviously. Yeah, it'd be a little difficult. So I'm, I, I've got a couple yeah. ideas. Well, you have, like, the big thing, the projector, so they could see what you're doing. I should have a projector, honestly. No, I thought about that. Like, are you just going to, because I thought you, like, you would draw it and maybe see it on a projector. Well, because I'm. Don't let me tell you how to do it. You know no, a lot no, more than right. me. <laughs> well, when I teach my kids, I have this um, big pad of paper that I prop up in the front of the room, and I draw on that, and you know in obviously dark color so they can see but then i'll go around to them individually see how are you going to give them like any eggs like you know draw an animal or something or draw we're not this is more or less a whirlwind crash course in anime on, on anime so which i know nothing i know uh, studio ghibli but studio ghibli i always grow i always grew up being a comic person mm-hmm. we always hated anime because we hate how they draw superheroes but then i got into especially like with caitlin got into seeing all the Studio Ghibli movies, and I love all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's just it's utterly, fun. you know, and Miyazaki's just 
He is beyond an artist. He's brilliant. You know, he retires for the 50th time. He's retired for the 50th time. (laughs) You know, chain smoking. He's like 80s chain smoking away. He's like a workaholic, but he's brilliant. And I love it. And when I was really like with my dad a couple years ago and I couldn't do anything, I blew through all the Studio Ghibli and it would be, this is my favorite. No, this is my favorite. And like, yeah, one that of, was this one. That yeah. one, they use, the way they use watercolor in this, it's incredible. Like, um, so I used to hate the movie Spirited Away because No Face gave me nightmares and terrified me. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, he's kind of cute. Great. It's the first one I actually saw. He's too. so creepy. So it's special. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he was kind of creepy, wasn't he? A little bit. I still... Well, some of those can be quite, you know, they ain't for kids a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I remember... <laughs> I remember this post on Facebook. Someone said, what was a movie that traumatized you as a kid? Like, that a horror movie that traumatized you as a, as a kid. And I commented the movie The Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> and my friend, she commented, that's not a horror movie. I'm like, to me it was. It was terrifying. Oh, was yeah. Creepy. And I mean, also, too, like, you could find you and your mom out usually, like, I mean, maybe, like, eventually... Like comic conventions, sometime mm-hmm. maybe not for a while. This yeah, year. This is... but we've both done um, some conventions yeah. before, and you're around, and there's yeah. other places. But check it out; it's really all good and it everything. Will. It's very good having you on. It Might was... see you again in some ways. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. This is great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And we usually end like with something. A lot of times, like I promote my friends with music unless yeah. you want to start singing. <laughs> no, I don't know how to sing. ah, see, why don't you start that next opera? You. <laughs> But one of my last shows, again, was I went to see Michaela Davis mm-hmm. in Albany. And it was, again, this is, I told this story with Greg. Mm-hmm. It was just before, it was like the 12th. And I was debating, I heard this stuff, was and this was downstate, it was in Albany. Yeah. So this is like, you ever meet one of your idols and you didn't even realize it and you flip out? No. <laughs> so, well, there's a band playing called the Dust Bowl Fairies. So I, they were really good. They sounded like Rasputina, which is a favorite band of mine. Very cool. So I met the singer and I said, you know, you sound like Rasputina. Oh, I was in there, and I, I it's embarrassing. You were Rasputina, oh, like messaging gosh. friends. I met somebody from Rasputina, so I asked her about in terms of like playing their music, and we always have to ask on here, and we yeah. get in trouble anyways, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's like we show you art, but this is from the Dust Bowl Fairies. It's a dark ride. It's called. They're very like goth, sort of eerie, creepy. Very cool. You could actually draw like if they did a comic book. But I'd love I'm, it too, yeah. But I'm going to play the track Seasick Moon. Check them out online. It's fairies is spelled F-A-E-R-I-E-S. Yeah. So it's been fun and cool. And this thanks awesome. for coming down. And bye-bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> bye. you for having me. Bye, I, bye everyone. Dreamed. There's another, another world where we can land like seasick ships. As soon as I've found to that which I'm bound, I promise to bear my soul unto thee. Doors, drawn carriages, reversing terrors, and corridors narrow behold. So salty you swoon, and thawing I croon.
inches The show's on the road No time for guessing May as well trust in the entrails left The scene's almost over But don't be afraid I'm only a circus mermaid A side show act Who runs to her trailer As soon as the curtains close Just a mermaid 